Welcome to the Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and this is a show where we go behind the headlines every day to bring you an interview with a pastor, entertainer, politician, or other notable news figure. And this is a show, again, it's daily, but it's based on our weekly TV show, which is also called Newsmakers. You can watch it on the CBN News Channel and also on our YouTube page. And on this show, every day, we dive deep. It's a little more longer form with one of the people who you will often see on our Newsmakers show or across the CBN News platforms. On today's Newsmakers, we sit down with John Burke, a pastor and author who has studied and examined over 1,000 accounts of near-death experiences. He explains why he believes these reports build up the Christian faith and can be evidenced in the Bible. With no further ado, here is John Burke talking about his new book, Imagine the God of Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Revelation, and the Love You've Always Wanted. You have a new book out, Imagine the God of Heaven, and I want to get into the book, talk about all the specifics of it, but before we get into there, I want to pull back a little bit because a lot of people have probably heard the acronym NDE or they've heard the term near-death experience, and they might not fully understand what that means. Can you define that for us? Yeah, it's it's when someone clinically dies, or really what I what I study is when someone clinically dies, their their heart stops, they have no brain waves, and yet either modern medicine or miracle brings them back. And and sometimes minutes later, sometimes it's hours. And when they come back, they talk about experiencing the life to come. And they talk about how it's more real than anything they've ever experienced uh, in, in this world. Yeah, and and these stories have captivated people for a very long time, and this is why they get so much attention. You, in fact, you know, you are constantly called upon to speak to this, to be in films about this. You've obviously researched this for decades now, and you have the new book here, and it's Imagine the God of Heaven. Why did you choose to write this book right now? Well, after I wrote Imagine Heaven in 2015, Billy, I I actually quit writing. Um, I'm a pastor, and so... I was kind of like, that's that's enough. Um, I don't need to be an author. I, I think I did what, you know, I, I had studied them for thousands of them for 35 years. And I would and imagine how, but I was trying to show how the theology of scripture and what these people are co- consistently overlappingly describing is the same. It's the same life to come. But one of the things that they told me over and over is, beyond the beauty of of heaven and these great reunions and the the mysteries and the wonders if they were ever in the presence of god they would say i didn't care about any of that none of that mattered to me all that mattered was just looking into his eyes just being with him and so what i'm trying to do and imagine the god of heaven is i'm i'm showing through 70 interviews i've done with people who've had these clinical death experiences all over the globe that they are seeing and experiencing the God of scripture. And we're looking not only at his love story told throughout history in the Bible, but also his heart and characteristics, the mystery, the majesty of God. And and what, what I'm trying to do is expand people's box. You know, we're all finite. So we put God in a box. We have to, but that box needs to expand because he's far more glorious far more mysterious than we've ever imagined, but he's also far more relatable, even fun. 
And then, then for Christians, some of us is kind of like, what? No, God's not fun. <laughs> well, who do we think invented the idea and our ability to laugh or enjoy life? Or have a and, sense and, of humor or any of those things, right? That came from all him. All those things. Yet, yet, as you know, how many Christians kind of, you know, they believe in God, but they don't really all out trust him because yeah. they're not sure he's really going to, that's not the path to joy. It's over here. I've got to ask you this because you're a pastor, obviously, and and one of the things just from me, from a journalistic perspective of covering a lot of these stories, talking with you over the years, I know really you are the foremost person to have looked at you know these experiences. I think there are very few people who have seen as many of them, understood as many of them, investigated as many as you have, and yet I'll sometimes interact with people who are Christians and they'll say, well, you know, those stories aren't real. Or they'll say, well, those violate scripture. You know, there's no way that could be true. And I was curious why you think that reaction, and of course, plenty of Christians believe in these in these accounts, but why do you think there's a stream of that, a strand of that in Christianity? Why is there a rejection of these stories? Well, I, I think it's because if you don't understand that these are testimonies, they're testimonies like any testimony. And they're humans, so they're interpreting. The way, the way I like to describe it is, imagine if all of our existence is being lived on a flat black and white painting on the wall of your home. Death means separation. Your soul separates from your body. So imagine at death, you peel off that two-dimensional black and white painting. You come out here into a three-dimensional world of color. And then imagine getting pressed back in and you have to describe three dimensions of color in two-dimensional black and white terms. And that's exactly what's going on with these people, is they are experiencing God's reality, the, the, the reality of a life that is extra-dimensional to our three dimensions of space and one dimension of time. And, and this is biblical, too. You know, even time, working, I talk about it working in two, maybe three dimensions, and you know, Peter in, in 2 Peter 3, 8 said to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Well, that's exactly what Indy ears say. So the reason I think people misunderstand is because they can interpret in their own worldview. I'll give you an example. In Imagine the God of Heaven, I have people from every continent, every religious background and I'm showing that they are not seeing the, the God or experiencing the heaven they expected. Like this Santosh, who is this manufacturing engineer, this God of light and love takes him to this, he, he's looking out over this city that he describes as this giant compound, thousands of miles, 12 gates that he counts. He's, he's perfectly describing the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21, yet he knows nothing wow. about it. And he comes back and he realizes the God he encountered was Jesus. But they're, they're seeing things and experiencing things that their, their, their worldview would not have context for. And I also give a, an account of, of one girl, uh, Nia, who had almost the same kind of experience. She sees this, this God of, of light and, and love and beauty of heaven, but comes back and interprets that God as Durga Ma, so the, the goddess Durga. Now, the truth is, I mean, the goddess Durga is described as a woman with eight to 12 arms with weapons riding a, 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 um, riding a, a lion. 
And that's not at all what she saw. What she described was this, this God of light who was personal and, and loving. And then she also said, I came back with the knowledge of Christianity and of Jesus, which I didn't have before. Wow. So you well, got, wow. and in the book, I have uh, a Muslim in Rwanda who was an imam, dies of blood cancer, and into this place, and he was starting in a, in a hellish experience. His mother was actually going to the Christians at that time because nothing had worked to save her son. So she and a Christian Anglican church are praying for him, and into this hellish experience comes Jesus. He had appeared in a robe and a gold sash, and he said light coming out of him like, like the sun that pierced right into Swedeek. And then he said he held out his hands and he saw nail holes in the palms. And he said to him, I died for mankind. You are one of, for whom I died. Never deny it and tell everyone. Wow. Well, today he's an Anglican pastor and he's had his life threatened seven times. And, but, but my point is, is that they're seeing and experiencing the God of history. And that's what I'm showing in Imagine the God of Heaven, that this God didn't just start revealing himself in the age of near-death experiences. And, yeah. and what he's been telling throughout history in, in the scriptures is, is the same God they are experiencing. And so for non-Christians, I mean, because when I first heard about this, I was an agnostic. So hearing these experiences as an engineer got me thinking, maybe this is evidence, and then it got me into the scriptures, and then I started to see the evidence. And I came to faith. And I think for non-Christians, it will really help them see that. But for, for believers, it's going to blow your mind of, you know, things like love. We know God is love, but you don't have a clue what that really means. I did. And I hear these people talk about the love of God is just on an order of magnitude different than what we refer to, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's so interesting to me because a lot of the pushback actually on these stories, some of it seems to come from Christians, right? I mean, and it's interesting because when people will say, well, it's not scripture, it's not biblical, you see the Apostle Paul talking about an experience that seems very similar to these accounts that you're describing. You see, I mean, there's nothing to me in scripture, and correct me if I'm wrong, that would tell us that these that this is not true, or that would tell us that you couldn't believe these stories, right? And and so I don't I don't know where that piece comes from when people will specifically say, well, the Bible says they this can't be true. They haven't studied it. They've just listened to someone spouting off, and, and that's why you know both my books are packed with scripture. Uh, you know this this is a study of God through the scriptures, but you're seeing it illustrated through. 70 people from all over the globe. And I believe, Billy, that this is God's, I think God is giving testimony to himself in our age of global connectedness and for, for a time as this. I mean, it's getting crazier, right? It is. But yeah. God is also upping the ante of, hey, look, I am the God of all nations. It's, it's what he said in, in Genesis chapter 12, right? He's going to raise up Abraham and Sarah, form a nation. To, he's going to bless them in order to bless all the nations. Yeah. And then the whole story of the Bible ends in Revelation 
where John sees people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation, you know, worshiping God together in heaven. And so I think he's just reminding us all like, no, I, I am the God of all nations and I want, I want children to come home to me from all the nations. That's why he did what he did through Jesus. Well, so and you also, could turn I was, I, was just, I wanted to throw out as you're saying that, because I think it's important, you know, we also have plenty of accounts of Muslims who know very little about Jesus outside of what they're told in the Middle East having dreams, encountering Jesus through dreams. I mean, this is something that it's not one or two people. This is something that, in fact, when you interview some of the you know evangelists who are working in the Middle East, they'll tell you that you'd be shocked to talk to somebody who hasn't had that experience who became a Christian in the Middle East. So yeah. these are examples, I, I think, of God reaching people in very unique ways. And then most of these people, and you would know better than I would, but the ones I've interviewed have said they felt God calling them to come back and share their story, that part of the, the heaven, heaven visitation was to come back and share it. That's compelling to me as well. Oh, yeah. Like Santosh, the Hindu manufacturing engineer, he sees the Almighty on his throne. He sees a very narrow door, the only one open. He said it was a narrow gate. The other 12 gates were closed to me, but there was a narrow gate open. And the Lord said, Santosh, I'm sending you back. And when you go back, you must love your family, especially your daughter. She needs you right now. And you, you just see how tender, how mer merciful and compassionate. Because Santosh also saw hell. And he describes it exactly like the, the scriptures do. And when he looks into the eyes of God, he has this life review where he sees all his sins. And he falls on his knees and he says, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And then he feels the Lord's love and tenderness and mercy and grace. And when he comes back, he ends up seeking God with all his heart. He's like, who is this God? This is not who I learned about in, in my religion growing up. And he goes to this church um, when his daughter was invited to sing there. And they're talking on the, the, narrow, the narrow way right? The narrow gate. You must enter in the kingdom of God through the narrow gate. And Jesus saying, I am the gate, you know, through which the sheep enter. He goes home and starts reading the Bible and comes to faith in Christ. Wow. And, it, and this is wow. happening. And one of the things that God told him is tell the truth. And what he said is he meant not only don't lie, but he meant tell the truth about hell, tell the truth about the kingdom of heaven and tell the truth about me in the narrow gate. So yes, I completely agree. Um, you, you mentioned Muslims seeing God. So this one uh, Muslim who was a pastor in Tehran uh, came to speak with me and, and he wants to go to lunch. He brings his mother who only speaks Farsi and turns out he came to Christ through a vision of Jesus. She, I asked, he said she was related to the prophet Muhammad. And I asked, well, is, is she still Muslim? And he said, I'll let her tell you. And she starts telling me through this translation about when she had a near-death experience, her heart stops. This, this God of light, but in a, in a robe and a beard, but, but giant comes and says to her, I am he who is. That's how no. they translated it. I am wow. he who is. Now, that's the God of light who appears to Moses and says, I am, you know, I am, Right. That is, and and that's wow. what I'm trying to show. And it's just amazing, Billy, to see like God is doing something. So as Christians, here's what I like to say. You know, every good gift comes from a God. 
from God, but we can abuse them. Of course. I'll, I'll use an example, sex. It's a good gift from God. Does it get abused? Absolutely. Should yeah. Christians back away because it's horrible and causes so much pain and, you know, there's so much immorality done through it? No, we should speak into it, not run yeah. away from it. And that's the same with these near-death experiences. I believe they're testimonies from God. But, you know, if you went and interviewed a bunch of people in the day of Jesus, some would say, I saw him raise the dead. I, I saw him heal a leper. He's the Messiah. And the other others would say, yeah, I saw him do that, but he's a demon. He's, he's demon possessed. So people can interpret the same event in different ways. But what's important, and I, I say, don't believe anyone near-death experience. I don't. I'm looking at what are the overlapping commonalities and how do those align with scripture and in that, our, our faith is just bolstered because they are putting words and color onto the truths and the words of Scripture that just amplify the truths of Scripture. My, my final question for you, and I could talk to you for hours about this because I, I find it incredibly fascinating and you have so much knowledge on these stories. And I love what you said there about, you know, vetting it and understanding, you know, the truth behind these stories and getting to that truth. But how has this study and ex exploration changed you? How has your perspective, obviously you started, we know where you started when you first looked at this as an agnostic, but once you became a Christian and you dove into all of these, what has it shown you? that God is better than I've ever imagined. I, I mean, and I'm not just saying that because it's the title of my book. I'm saying, I, 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 you know, one example. So there's some things in scripture like um, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I always knew that didn't mean, you know, if you're, if you're delighting yourself in God, you want a Lamborghini, you get the Lamborghini. You know, that's, it's not that. But as I listen to these people in God's presence and what he did for them and what he said to them, and even, even Jesus saying, when, when one guy who's, he was very, very bullied growing up, um, his little dog, Fox Terrier, was his best friend, would always come jump up on him and lick his face like a lollipop. And then the dog died when he was in college. And here he is a man, he's a CEO and and he dies and he's in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus says, look, and, and here across the meadows of heaven comes running his dog, Casey, jumps up on him just like he used to and licks his face just like he used to. And Jesus says to him, see, beloved, I give you the desires of your heart. Wow. Well, stuff like that. And, and the book is loaded with stuff like that where you just go, he's better than I ever anticipated like people think they're going to miss out somehow following Jesus in this life because maybe they make sacrifices or they don't do things that everybody else is doing you won't miss a thing there's nothing you're going to miss he, he I, love, is I love that better That's than good. you can imagine I love that message. And, and I love that you're pointing people to God through these stories. It's absolutely incredible. The book is Imagine the God of Heaven. Appreciate your time as always. It's always great talking with you. Thanks, Billy. That's all for today's Newsmakers podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the show and also head over to the CBN News YouTube channel and the CBN News channel to watch Newsmakers every week. We'll see you soon.